Gooners podcast. Welcome to episode 6.65. It's just going to be a fun interlow chat tonight. We got uh, we got a good crew assembled here today. Owen from the from his new undisclosed location with no background whatsoever as a hostage. How you been? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's on purpose. I know that you're coming to this sort of region of the planet um, soon, so I want to keep my location undisclosed and, and stay as anonymous as I can. Yeah, he's, he's, he's posted it everywhere but blocked me so that I'm the one that can't figure it out. Also joining us is host, co-host of the world's fastest growing podcast, the critically acclaimed, superbly rated award-winning Sunday roast. It's Danny, the GFP. Welcome welcome to our side of the road. It's, it's really started better. I was just saying at the beginning of that show, that intro, you fast forward and I went, I was about to swear. And then you, you started. It's yeah, a, get more views on the Sunday roast than we do on the normal podcast. How wrong is that? That shows how much people take into consideration our football knowledge. They don't listen for the football. They listen for the, the shenanigans. They do, and we got like six times as many people watching that podcast as we do this one. So this is supposed to be the real podcast. Anyhow, rounding out our panel tonight, happy to be joined by somebody who I can't stop talking about, apparently. Uh, but he's my buddy. He's my mate. He's my 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 boy, my my, my friend, uh, my compadre. You're doing very best not to say homie, aren't you? <laughs> How about and this? He's staying home. He's staying home. All us staying home. He's staying home. Thank you so Hola, much. Thank you, Mr. Man. Black Scorpion. It's almost our five year anniversary of when we met, by the way. And you yeah. told me the big story about, about how you got your uh, your Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um I I, I wanna say we're probably one of the um true OGs of the of the interlow on the of the interlow chat. Lee Judges, Kenny Ken, ah, myself, yeah. Tom Canton, Rudzi, Surgeon, and, right. and yourself, you know what I mean? And uh, we used to murder on this on this hey. interlow. But thank you for, for, for bringing me back on, man. I, I, I appreciate I, it. I believe you said something about Andy. Keep my podcast wife's name at your goddamn <laughs> <laughs> All right. Keep his name out of my out of your motherfucking mouth. Oh, GI Joe, man! I didn't oh, know GI Joe could cause so yeah, much controversy. <laughs> G, uh, actually, it's more like my movie. The movie about me is GI Condition. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent a lot of time in the toilet. All right, so host of the the combat show. Speaking of combat and people punching each other out, how come you didn't have like an emergency episode at five o'clock in the morning last night? Um, cause I wasn't watching it. Uh, I woke, I woke up to the whole craziness, uh, what had been happening. Obviously I had work and, um, yeah, it's, it's insane to, at first I thought it looked staged to me when I first seen it, I thought, oh, that's some Hollywood kind of slap and the way it bounced off and walked off and I thought, nah, that's, then I looked at it again, check, check the comments and that and I thought, no, this this is this is for real, and some of the um, guys that I, I check out on ESPN, um, Stephen A. Smith, you're probably familiar with him. Um, he chimed in, and um, that's when I that's when I knew this, this, a national embarrassment. That's what I that's when I knew this thing is for real. If he's chiming in, this is for real, you know. Um, I mean, but I, I'm sure we get everybody's takes on it. 
Yeah, we, uh, I mean, because it's the biggest Arsenal news we have going on right now. It's, uh, I, it looked fake. The smiles and the laughing kind of made it seem fake, but you could tell that there was some very rough edits that happened. You could tell that the visuals skipped and it was like a minute full of mute uh, on this end. And, and it just, I was like, maybe there's something more to that. And then like, 10 minutes later that Japanese feed started going around Twitter and that's when it was like damn that <laughs> he was not kidding cuz that was the the Will Smith look of seriousness but uh but yeah you know i mean it's it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me Danny still thinks it's fake don't you I didn't watch it i don't give a fuck about it i mean i like Will Smith i don't like the other bloke i mean uh anyone who who can who wrote, wrote and sung summertime with GJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince <laughs> That was, the that was my jam of, uh, when I moved to London in 1988. I, that that was when they first came up, when they were coming yeah, up, which is what they, they say in the music. All industry. the albums. That was the happy side of hip hop. No one shot each other in that side of hip hop, and that's why I liked it. Them and Third Base and Digital Underground. Oh, great! Yes, Club Seven. Yeah. Well, a bit too hardcore for me, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't care. It's uh, no one gives a fuck about the Oscars. Oh, let's have a bit of drama. Oh, now everyone's talking about the Oscars. <laughs> Convenient that. Owen, oh, as a boxing aficionado yourself, uh, was that was that a real punch? Was it a slap? It was good. And do you want to know what? Um, Mah- uh, Will Smith portrayed Muhammad Ali years ago in a movie, and it was good to see some of his training still paid off. He had his he swung with the right and had the left hand up for protection. So it, it was a pretty, as far as slaps go, it was pretty good. He didn't telegraph but, it at all. No, no, he actually fainted. It was slight faint, slight movements. It was I respected. I respected. It. it was a good slap, but completely unnecessary. Um, and do you want to know what? Do you know the way like uh, Conor McGregor used to predict when? Uh, he would knock his opponents out, and, and back like, when he could be bothered to fight. Yeah, probably. yeah. I was like, he used to knock opponents out before he got the dollar. Um, <laughs> but it was only last week. Me and my missus were on a drive, getting letting my kids sleep in the back of the car. The things you have to do as a parent. And we were funny. We were talking about Will Smith, and I was saying Will Smith is a cunt. I don't like him. And Mike, you know, <laughs> you know that I'm a bundle of positivity and 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 stuff like that. You know, a very upbeat character and i could only imagine what would happen if you ran into will smith at selhurst park <laughs> <laughs> he's there every week apparently well that that's the i mean that's the place where owen is least happy and the person he would be least happy to see no but uh, my reasoning for it was that nobody is that nice like the way it comes to talking about positivity and this and that and the perfect guy i mean his missus is out getting railed by fucking gangs of lads apparently by the way things are going and he's just smiling and nodding through interviews and i knew that nobody can be this nice nobody at all and it's finally good to see cracks in the armor it's not him. nice it's, it's you know what you know what i think he was actually being nice until he saw jada because well, he was laughing at chris rock's, chris rock's joke he was actually he actually laughed at that very joke yeah. and then camera almost panned to jada you could see her roll her eyes and right. then, then they went off. Of I would love to see what happened with Will Smith, like his 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 process from the moment they cut away to the moment you saw him walking up to the stage. Because she must have leaned over and said something, or he, he must do been, something. He must, like he was, <laughs> he was being red, dude. The the problem I have with that guy is that you know he he was so like real in you know when he was coming up, even when he was doing the the show. I mean the the television show. Uh-huh. 
it was like his personality. He was to, for lack of a better word, he was fresh. He was a great, you know, new kind of self-taught actor and came, you know, crossed over. It was really good. Then I don't know if it was, if it was Scientology or Jada or, or just his own, like everyone telling him he's fantastic and, and all that. But when you cross over into that like third, I mean, I this is coming from a guy who calls himself Magic Mike, but when you start referring to yourself in the third person and and talking about how you you know you've been tasked in the world but to do these things, and you it, he he's lost all sense of reality. He can't make fun of himself anymore, and that's that's you know. You I mean. I, he, I'm he, with Jared Carver here. Is this entity, and I don't know. When you get like that, I have no no more time for you. It's just it's just misery to 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 see you like that. And he clearly is under some sort of spell from Jada, who just controls him. And and, and I'm not saying that. I, look, I'm not commenting on their merit. Well, I guess I am. But uh, well, I I, I want to. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, 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 he either thinks he has to act a certain way, or I feel like there's a bit of a conflict of interest way. here because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a bit of a divide here in the panel, and obviously we're Team uh, Rock and user Team Smith by the sound of things. And I mean, if there's ever going to be two guys to get a fan, Team Rock, right? Uh, yeah, he's Team Rock. Yeah, myself. Yeah, so it's just myself Andy, Team Smith. No, and you, and you. But the like you're making Smith. excuses for the guy. Look, bro, you're, you're sounding like Agent Smith right now, bro. Yeah. <laughs> if if there's ever two guys to get offended at the fact Agent of a ball, a ball <laughs> joke, it's it's gonna resonate with you too. It's understandable the anger here, Mike. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but do you want to know what I genuinely was pretty uh, pissed off about? Is the fact that the, the Oscars actually let him stay. They put him back in the seat, handed him a. An Oscar and let him have the platform, and he still refused to apologize. It's like that never should have happened. Surely should it? Well, CNN's been talking all day. I mean, first of all, it's ridiculous that in the midst of of Ukraine and and you know Ola almost having to leave and all these big world events that are happening, that uh, and us both having a shave in the last week. That's, yeah, that's not I mean, been mentioned. Yeah, that's like yeah. that's, reestablishing that's, that's, that's a visual. In the midst of all that, there's you know every time I look up at the television while I'm working, you know there's CNN talking about this, and apparently there was a very heated and divided meeting about what they should do with Will Smith, and that they were kind of scrambling to figure out if they should kick him out or not. They should have when he won the Oscar. I mean, it should have happened before this, but when they when they showed him going backstage, they should have like literally showed him like getting processed. <laughs> In, by police into the system. I mean, like, like, obviously, uh, Chris Rock isn't going to make a big deal about this, but I'm Team Rock. I don't know where you're getting from that I'm defending Will Smith. I'm talking about how ridiculously stupid you, you fucked it up for me. If it was for the purpose of a joke, but yeah. Oh, oh sorry. We should uh, make, like me and you should be Team John Travolta. <laughs> look a little bit like John Travolta after a bad couple of months. If there's ever a dodgy character to associate yourself with, I'm pretty sure John Travolta is not the avenue so, I would want to go John, to. John Travolta, after having about 94 Royales with cheese, that's it. <laughs> so check this out. This is this is my this is my thing about the whole situation, right? August Alcina should have been the one that got the slap in the first place, mm -hmm. right? When that whole red table thing came up, I would have wanted to see a Will get busy with August Alcina, not getting busy with. 
Chris Rock getting up there, slapping him like that in front of the world. When, for me, for someone that came up with Martin Lawrence, you know, you've been in the stand-up comic world, you know how that world operates. We can't start censoring comedians now. Like, where do we start and stop from censoring comedians so they can actually do what they do best, which is art? Yeah, they take the piece out of people, but it's it's a skill, right? And well, it's an acquired skill. So if 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 you don't if you're not really with the comic scene, like don't go there. Now, if you're attending a show that Chris Rock is hosting, there's a very good chance that if you're sitting at the front, Chris Rock is gonna come at you, right? And it's not like he ain't done it before, you know what I mean? He done that thing about Jada in 2016. Yeah, but when but when you take yourselves so seriously, like those two do, yeah, anything can happen. I mean, that should have been. Well, this is what I'm saying. I don't think Will. I don't even think Will took it that seriously. That's what I'm trying to say. He was laughing at the joke, right? When somebody, like I said, that came up with with Martin Lawrence and doing all the bad boys. That we know. I'm 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 almost certain of it that at some point Will Smith has took the piece out of somebody's looks. Mm-hmm. throughout you know his whole careers uh, you know whether he's doing something comedy the amount of time he used to take the piss out of Carlton all the time yeah. the the amount of time Jennings, he, he made fun of that you know what I mean? guy that's a defect i've only just you know? realized you that he's his wife the, his girlfriend the one they took the piss out of is his wife the one that's been yeah. cheating on him with everybody i thought it was his this girlfriend what, they were taking the piss what, out of that's yeah. what i said he should have he been saw, slapping uh, see Alcina. the problem is he saw a five foot nothing skinny dude standing on the stage and thought this is my fucking chance this is finally my chance <laughs> i didn't know that you know, so i just looked up wiki i thought those they split up years ago and 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 the other thing is they i felt like he, he had a chance he felt like he saw an opportunity to bully chris rock that's mm-hmm. how i saw it yeah chris rock was never gonna back, do nothing back could have done that backstage i mean they, Bro, to do that on on the on the on he felt moment, like he could do it and get away with it is but could yeah, he did. Done, he did yeah, but could, could they have done it to someone like, say, Terry Crews? If Terry Crews <laughs> ran that same joke, are you telling me that we'll get Tom Cruise? You, you, you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You know, I, I, I felt like maybe if it was The Rock or say Terry Crews was actually running that same joke, Chris Rock, I mean, Will Smith would sit there, take the joke, laugh at it, roll it in a bow and present, and give it to Jada and say, you know what? You could probably go with him, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't put in a complaint. <laughs> he wouldn't. You know what I mean? he, he wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't have stepped the Kenny Ken either. Like exactly. You know what I mean? Like this is like this he, is what he, I'm... he would have gone. At, <laughs> he would have gone at judges, but he would not have gone at Kenny Ken. That's, this is this is what this is a petition that we should start. This is, this fuck, is your, fuck your fundraising, Allah. Somebody start a petition to get Kenny Ken to host the Oscars. <laughs> I mean, somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody came. Some like his missus. His missus sits at the at, at the red table. And tells him about all this entanglement with August, and all we got is a meme out of it. And now you're gonna go around slapping Chris Rock for a joke, and he told you it was a joke. You know what I mean? Like you in the comedy scene, man. And I feel like a lot of stand-up comics they're gonna come for Will Smith. I feel, I feel, oh. I feel, I feel, I feel oh, like yes. a lot of a lot of stand-up comics, people like Dave Chappelle, people like you know Kevin Hart. Look all of years those guys, gone by with the shit Ricky Gervais come out with. He'd have got shot last night. Yeah, because Ricky Gervais was vicious. Oh, okay. funny yeah. though. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it's just that was just that was all about Will Smith being being a tough guy and and uh, and 
Haven't they done films together though? Falling into his role of, of you know, because he even referenced it in the in his speech about how I can't believe we're we're going on sixteen minutes talking about this. <laughs> uh, he referenced it in his speech uh, that you know he was acting like Richard Williams did in the movie, and so maybe you know he, he's the uh, you know he's the method actor that just art imitates the whole thing. Just I mean, I'm I'm he, hearing I'm hearing he, Chris Rock is in um, is in pressing charges. But if I was him, I would sue the hell out of him. You know, like Will Smith's got money to waste. Uh, like he, he's loaded, and he, you know he's good like that. Chris Rock Chris doesn't need. Chris Rock. He just went through a divorce. World that, that doesn't need to get involved in something like that. Well, he know? just went through. A, he, he just went through a divorce, man. You know, he's I mean, gonna so, get. Uh, he's, I, gonna, he's gonna get more. <laughs> he's gonna get more positive notoriety out of this. Just I, I, ho I hope. He do, I hope he does. I hope he does. Yeah, he like didn't play pro. He didn't deserve what happened to him there, man. He, he did not he deserve it, it so well that 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 it made it look fake. Like like, had he not yeah. handled it, you could tell he was shaking. He, he did so well. Prof like, professional, professional work from him. Love him. Yeah. Sending anyway. all the Gooners versus cancer money, and I'm withdrawing all of the Ola money, and we're sending it to Chris Rock. His, uh, <laughs> I can buy it. You know what I mean? Don't do that. Don't do that. Before we spend all of Ola's limited time with us today uh, talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock, um, bro, I'm so happy. I can't wait to see you next week. Um, yeah. It's uh, we're gonna have a lot to celebrate, my friend, and uh, yes. and and I'm gonna use this minute to just to thank everybody in the in the chat, in the podcast uh, universe that that helped us out here. Um, I've had a lot of people come up to me and be like, "Good job on the Ola thing," and I'm like, "I all I did was talk about it a bunch. I you know I I donated the same as everybody else did, no more, no less. So, um, so but uh, so now what?" What what happens from here, and and uh, when do we have when, when do we have a three thousand five hundred pound party? <laughs> well, um, you know, first of all, so um, I need a thousand pounds. The other twenty five hundred was for the for the I'm staying, I'm coming. I'm staying. <laughs> uh, first of all, I just want to I just want to again thank everybody from from the bottom of my heart. Everybody that you know that's contributed, show support, even talk about it, uh, share it out to other people um you know the, the the support from all corners um it's 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 been overwhelming and um i, I can't i can't i can't express how how grateful i am um to to every you know to to everyone that you know that really that really uh contributed towards it you know um it's really been a joint effort from all over the place uh, i can't if I start naming, you know, everyone, we'll, we'll be here forever. But um, you'll also start you. getting played off, like the, like at the acceptance, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So thank you to everybody, and um, I, I can't I can't show my appreciation enough. Now, in terms of you know how, what's next? We make the application uh, with the Home Office. A lot of the times, you know, in because I've I've made previous applications before this is this is an extension of those applications and usually it could take anywhere between two to four months you can't chase them you can't ring them you can't do anything all you got you just got to wait till till it turns up and um when it turns up i will be uh i'll be posting so everybody can can see um you know that the support that they've shown is fact, you know, it's finally come through. Uh, this is a third of a fourth application. So because it's, it's a 10, it's a 120 month 
sort of route. So um, this is going for the 90th, 90th month. So I've done this. Each time you get an application is for 30 months. And then once the 30 months is over, you apply for another 30 months, then another 30 until you get to 120 months. And then, you know, go, go, well, apply for then indefinitely to remain. So I'm on the path right now. And um, fingers crossed, you know, everything goes, goes smoothly. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. It's, it's, they make, they, they make everything so, so hostile you know with the way the the government has programmed this the way the um application systems and the ukba system actually works and like i said it's not just me um that you know that goes through this i'm just one of the lucky ones that i have people like you guys around me um to 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 really rally around and and help me out with a situation like this but not not many people is that lucky and uh, some people are way luckier than I am, and they're well off, and they can they can do it themselves. I've been doing it myself for so long. It's just this time, yeah. um, it was just one. It was just one too much, especially with everything that happened during the pandemic. Not knowing, um, you know, what was going on. All the law firms were non-essential business, so they were all closed. Um, so it, you know, it was just a really difficult time, and. Uh, we, it's we been very promised. educational for me about, about yeah. this whole system. I mean, obviously, we have a pretty complex immigration and, uh, system over here and issues and political views on on what should and shouldn't be happening. But it it, it sounds like an absolute clusterfuck. Uh, it's a it's a whole situation. different world. It's uh, when when this when it comes to it, this it, time. It makes it ten times worse. I've done it as well. I think you should maybe explain to people you were talking about the pandemic. <clears throat> you're you're in the business where you didn't get time off you didn't get to work from home tell people what it is you actually yeah. do because to me uh, that makes it even more sickening and the fact that you're put in this situation when you give so much to the community ab ab absolutely uh, I, I worked on the front line right for the pandemic um I, I'm, a, I'm a support worker i'm a carer i look after disabled people um on, on a full-time basis and um you know a couple of my clients they you know they uh um the, the, you know, the young adults with disabilities, whether paralysis, brain injury, um, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it was my job to to try and make sure that they had the right quality of life through, through that period where nobody knew, you know, what 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 they were doing. And you we will get put into into a bubble with like two clients because that's that's what they started doing when, you know, coronavirus was really, really rising. And um, and. It, it was so it, it was so difficult to manage that and and you know and have a young family as well because there's sometimes that we didn't get to go home because some the people that were meant to take over from you would then ring in into the company and say basically they've just tested positive for covid and then i'm stuck there maybe for another two days maybe another whole day before they can find another staff to come and relieve me off my shift so it, it's just difficult it was so so difficult and i remember Keir Starmer and Pierce Morgan um probably one of the best thing i see Pierce Morgan do on tv was to uh, fight for was to campaign for um care workers rights during especially foreign care workers foreign um um people that that work within the nhs that work within the care industry um and they, you know they were going to charge us this hefty hefty surcharge and um you know, uh, Kestama came out, which is one of the Labour MPs, uh, saying, you know, uh, he's the Labour leader, right? 
Yeah, and uh, he said, you know, uh, pe people in this industry sh surely should get uh, exemption for the work that they're putting in, should get exemption from this hefty surcharge. And um, and they've increased it by 200% as at this time, right? Uh, eventually, they, you know, conservative for the for the looks on TV, uh, bent to that will and said, yeah, they came out with the promises and says, yeah, you know what, we're going we're gonna to grant them exemption. And then when it came to it, go go on the application website there's no exemption for care workers we all have to pay that hefty hefty immigration health surcharge um which is wrong for for the you know for the risk and 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 it's not it's not so much doing it for the surcharge but at the end of the day is the very least that you expect for well, yeah, you gotta for, take care of people that, that take of, care of you i for, mean it's, you know, it's, from it's, the government I, you know very I, I, I just I, not to get too political, but there's a big divide, in my opinion, between the different sides of things. One's, uh, you know, everybody should just take care of themselves, and the others, you know, if people do something for people, normally, those, you know, teachers and care providers and that sort of thing, don't get paid very much generally for what they do. The least you could do is is give them a break when it comes to other things. Um, you know, I, I don't know the best way to implement that. That's why I'm not in charge of a goddamn thing except for this stupid podcast at times. But uh, I do have very rare video, Ola, of you as a caregiver providing assistance to someone who was in the process of acquiring a brain injury. Mark broke the chair, man. <laughs> oh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Mark broke the chair. <laughs> you know, I actually... I sent that to Keir Stammer because I was like, this guy thinks he's a, he calls himself a caregiver, but you just sat there and laughed at me on the couch as I was in the, in my. Bubble. I mean, that was that was Venga's chair, man. Venga built that chair with his bare hands. Like, what are you? Do? That's a piece of memento. You were there, or, you know? I mean, you you saw everything go down. I saw it twice. It happened the next night. <laughs> and, yeah, Danny actually saw it happen. Uh, this is the crew right here because the two of you guys were there when that one happened. And then Danny was looking through a computer at me the, the next night when it happened, right? We, uh, Jesus Christ. We, <laughs> we had just Give gone off air on a podcast and it, ha it happened again. <laughs> to to go back to what Ola was talking about, my brother is fucked. He's in bed. 20, he's not left his, his, his house in 20 years. He's been in bed the entire time. He doesn't even have an electric chair anymore. He's that fucked. Yeah. And my mum is 78 and a, and a bit. She's five foot, four foot ten, little Irish lady. And she is doing back to back to back 24 hour shifts because they can't get the carers anymore. And he had one bloke from Nigeria, John, who come over and he was magnificent. Worked my brother for 18 months whilst doing getting an education in Cambridge. And now he's, he's left and he's, he can only do one every other Sunday. He's got another old carer that has been doing it for 20 years and he's 65 and he needs to um, move on. And he got a lovely bloke who lives in where I, the village I live in, and he does it. But he's leaving in a few months to go and be an ambulance driver, um, a paramedic. And then I said, what's going to happen then? The care has got three care agencies. And because he's got so many needs, they say, we haven't got anybody. And I said to my mum, so what happens? She says, I'll have to do it. She'll have to do, at times, she's done seven or eight days in a row of back-to-back -back 24 hours where she has to do absolutely everything because the government don't give a fuck. They would rather put my brother in a home and have pay two hundred thousand pound a year for permanent care than give that kind of decent money to these other people. Now he, he has got his own NHS care. You I mean you know you're fucked when you have got the NHS paying rather than the local authorities. And even though he's paying people, I think twelve, thirteen pound an hour, still can't get people to come and work for him. 
It's incredible. That's how fucked the system is. They'd rather they, they would rather him die than actually help out. And that's the state this country is in since so since bad. um since the B word and everybody fucked off back to Eastern Europe Eastern Europe. And now there's no one to do it. No one wants to do it because essentially British people are fucking lazy. Mm. If they would rather sit on their ass playing uh, PlayStation and smoking weed all day and get the equivalent of five pound an hour of the government. They go and work and get yeah. the equivalent of twelve pound an hour and pay taxes. Sadly, that's, no the way, reason, that's the way this country is. No reason to talk about Tom Campton in that way. We do not <laughs> need that kind of negativity, no. especially now that he's getting married. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew. Oh, I, can't, I cannot wait until that wedding. And I and it's not because I'm going to do anything fun. It's funny. It's it's watching Georgia and Tom just on their wedding night. Just being so preoccupied with what the what the stupid thing is, Mike. <laughs> nice, nice, nice lady, Georgia. We met we met on the last on on your last. Oh yeah, trip, oh, right? Georgia's fantastic. I met her in yeah. New York uh, a few years ago when they came, and she she is way too lovely for him. Well, doesn't she mind that she's dating <laughs> someone who's only sixteen or however old Tom is? Yeah, I I, I haven't told her dad yet. But. but let's 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 get some Arsenal discussion going a little bit here. Uh, Ola, are you how are you doing on time? Um, I got ten minutes. Okay, um, so Owen's the uh, the driver of the Arsenal portion tonight. Um, since there's so many different things going on, just feel free to pick any of the gates that are occurring, and yeah. uh, and, and we'll go with it. That was a seamless transition. Thanks for that, there, Mike. Um, Alan, because you're going first, we'll we'll jump to you first. So obviously, the interlull is is real, and and the news is um, sort of lacking at the minute. But one of the stories that keep popping up that keep sort of scurring me slightly is the the links with Kieran Tierney and Real Madrid. Apparently they're um, preparing a 50 million bid for him in the summer. No, no, number one, do you think that it's realistic that Kieran Tierney is the type of player that will move on th- this early in his Arsenal career? And number two, is there an amount of money that you would be tempted to sell him for? Yeah. I mean, every 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 player can, can be sold. Every player has got a price. Um, I, I've one. If there's one thing I've I've learned um, over the years, especially since the Henry Vieira sort of time, um, even Ashley Cole, you start you gotta start being attached to to players. The, that shit will break your heart. Like it will it, it'll rip it to pieces. Um, so for me, every every player every player has a price, and then um, every position can be improved on. And if we all go with that sort of mindset then i mean there's no reason why one is it's a very nice profit for 50 million i mean i see i see mr bobless say no way would rmp 50 million. i mean it's a nice profit let's face it that that you you'll be doubling our money we ain't never done that for any player before just to play a devil's advocate that there well not even this is the way i do think you say 15 million doubling your money how much are you gonna out of that fifty million? Are you gonna have to reinvest to get somebody of the same standard as Kieran Tierney in that position? I think it's gonna cost you fifty million or more. I, I think I think um, if you look at the way we've been shopping lately, um, especially our summer transfer and our summer transfer dealings, um, they it looks like it, it looks like they've got this pattern on on where they they can they can go and, they can go and get this this up-and-coming quality players on the cheap because look i like your and i i wouldn't 
I wouldn't sell him if it were up to me. But if the money was... Because this is one thing we've done over the years, holding on to players for too long, right? And then we missed the boat. We missed, we missed the boat on, um, on, on a good sale on them. And then, you know, we don't end up getting real profit on, on the players that, you know, on the players that we... And that's why we've been really, really bad over the years. So what I think we need to do now is get a play get a players playing well up to a certain standard where you know we, we might have to recycle that move maybe two or three times to get ourselves onto look 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 what liverpool had to do and they were selling players for big big money i remember them selling um uh yeah, yeah Coutinho, suarez. Coutinho suarez yeah but what's the difference between Coutinho and suarez and tierney What's the one difference besides the fact that they got it? They're not. Tierney is part of the heart of this team at a very crucial time. Those two were too good for Liverpool at the time, which is ironic considering what ended up happening when they left. But they were like European. I know Suarez is South American, but uh, you know they they were. and Coutinho is also South American, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but, like, there were, you know, players that were bound to be in Europe and the flair-type players, and Liverpool really was only doing second, third, fourth with them. They were not going to win the Premier League with them. Tyranny is part of a, of, a, of a heart of a team and a very, very important part of that, and I think it sends a worse message, more so than what you lose on the pitch by selling him, is what mm-hmm. you lose off the pitch by selling him. And I, I like Tierney. I, I want I want him to be our next captain. That's that's how much I like him. I but I'm just be. saying, you know, I'm just saying in a like a, realism. If there's an amount that comes in that's too much to turn down, the club's got to take it. The club's got to take it, and that goes for every single player. That so is that fifty? I'm not sure that fifty millions in. I'm not sure that that's that price. I'm, I, I think that yeah, it might not be that the, price, but I, it was the, an example, right? The the the, the upset for, that it would cause for me far outweighs the gains of the finances, especially if we make Champions League this season. You know, the injection of cash into the club, we're not going to be in need of that money. But Danny, something that would make me slightly worried is number one the fact that Carlo Ancelotti was extremely interested when he was at Napoli when we were in the race for Kieran Tierney I'm, I'm sure that they were our rivals when we were going for him at that time but Mike said there Kieran Tierney's a player and he's at the heart of the club but the one thing that would make me worried is everybody knows and understands the love that Kieran Tierney has for Celtic and and he sort of convinced himself, convinced himself to uproot and move to London from his boyhood club. Are we? Is it wishful thinking to think that we consider Kieran Tierney the type of the type of player that is sort of lacking in the modern game, where he he seems to have loyalty? Do we maybe are we maybe putting too much on on, on that, or do you think that uh, there's a chance that he could maybe push for a move to a club like Real Madrid? You know, get those stars in his eyes and and maybe be persuaded to push for a move. Well, as he's not an Arsenal man, he's a Celtic man. Then I don't think he he might he might want to go because that is progressing your career. It's the next step on the ladder to not necessarily making a lot of money, although he will make an absolute fortune in wages because he's probably on, only on about maybe eighty grand. Poor bloke. And to go to Real Madrid is allegedly every player's dream. Uh, when I become a professional footballer, 
I will say I'm uh, fuck Barcelona and fuck Real Madrid. I'll have tattoos done on me. So every press conference, they'll see them one on one shoulder, one on the other, because I hate both those teams. But I wouldn't be surprised if he went. I wouldn't be surprised if Arteta let him go, because at times this season, we've seen that for the style of football that we want to play, that you, you look at Tavares and you think, oh, maybe. Is, is, that, the, is that the bloke who... who um, uh, Arteta sees as the long-term replacement because uh, Tierney's got to be about 25, 26 now. Tavares is 21, 22, around those kind of ages. He, yeah, I think yeah, Tierney's only 23, yeah. 24. Yeah, I thought he about 25, 20. Bloody hell. He's Maybe it's because he's... Uh, he's uh, yeah, he's just turning... Well, he'll turn 25 in a couple months. Ah, so he's, 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 he's spent that, um, a harsh time with that snow 24-7. I'd be sad to see him go, but I honestly don't think he is the 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 the, the player that Arteta wants in that position because we've seen the dramatic drop off in the how much we've relied on him in in when he first came to the club because he's the only flair player we had on that side to what he does now. It's completely changed his game. But I do, love him. I'd, I'd I'd want him to not, stay forever. Do you not think that with with Tierney, this is something that sort of has been a pet peeve? I mean, and people are ta- talking about the regression of Kieran Tierney and, and what he does on the pitch. Do you not think that that's just <clears throat> proof in the, it's sort of proof in the pudding that we're advancing as a team where we're not really relying on one player? Kieran Tierney sort of shone bright in his first sort of season here because we didn't really have many attacking outlets. We were really lacking creativity. We were struggling to advance the ball up the pitch. And I think that he almost ran himself into the ground for, for that entire season. And now what we are seeing is the real Kieran Tierney. And I think that when you look at him every week, he's seven out of ten defensively, and and he's still quite good in the attacking sense. It's just that he doesn't have to bear the labour of, of of you know being the sole uh, attacking outlet, which a left back shouldn't do. But I think I think it sort of stands Kieran Tierney in good stead. The fact that we look now and we just don't even think about him. It's just like right, Kieran Tierney's a left back, and that's it, and you're comfortable with it. That's the perfect type of player I want. I don't want somebody like like Nuno where he has you on the edge of your sheets for, for good and bad reason. I'm fine with him on day and left back. Um you think Nuno has a little bit of the Andre Santos in him? Oh, absolutely, yeah, 100%. He's, um, uh, he, he is a bit of the Nicola Pepe in him, I think, as well, where he's... He, he, he has you on the edge of your sheet, but as, as I said before, sometimes it's for good, sometimes it's for bad. He's a bit of a wild card type player, and I'm not sure that he's um, he's de- developed enough in maturity or, or, or technique yet to hold down a position like that, especially when we hit the levels of like Champions League football that we're looking to hit. Spanish football is so shit, though, that you don't need to spend £50 million on a left-back. You could probably get someone on a free that will do the job. It's attackers they want in that country. They don't give a shit about defending when you've only got ever three and a half decent teams in that league at any one season, and they, they rotate between them. Even Barcelona until the the summer, the um, January transfer window, were having a terrible season. And so, uh, yeah. Plus, Arsenal might look at that like Oliver saying, you, "You're doubling your money." And how often does that happen? And with that fifty million, knowing Arteta and Edu, they could probably go out and get a new left back and go and get someone else, maybe two or three players, uh, young yeah. players. I don't know. I I I would rather do that with somebody. I'd rather do that with Jaka. I'd rather sell Jaka for fifty million. How about that? So, uh, yeah. Can I make a oh. statement before before we move on? I would rather sell. I would rather sell. I'm going to get so much shit for this here from the four people watching. Um, <laughs> I would rather sell Gabriel Martinelli than I would sell Kieran Tierney right now. For real? 
Yeah, 100%, because I think that Gabriel Martinelli is the type of player that we're probably going to lose out on in two years anyway. I think that I think that those South, South American tricky wingers are, are, are destined to move to, to big clubs. And that's not to say that I don't think that Gabriel's potential isn't higher than Kieran Tierney's. I just think that his longevity at the club and what he can achieve personally at this club, I think that Kieran and, Tierney's... Uh, and, and to be clear, you're not saying you would sell him for $50 million. No, no. You're just saying no. you you wouldn't you wouldn't say I'm not selling you. You, any you will be a game. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest. Here's my prediction. I think that um, I think that uh, Gabriel Martinelli is destined to go to Liverpool and play under Jurgen Klopp because he's he's his wet dream from every interview that he has. So yeah, you're going to be coaching there in three, two or three years. No, he's in the next season. Uh, yeah. Well, so he says, like Jeff Stalling from Sky. <laughs> he changed his if mind. you get if you get offered seventy million from Ramsdale right now, for Ramsdale, would you sell him? Would you sell him? Go, yeah. Oh. No, no amount of money. I, no. I'd, I'd I'd sell him. I'm gonna get that Sam Jones, Jones Sam Johnston. No, see, that we were trying I, to, that we were trying I, to get I, because they've got the same sort of profile. Of B, uh, no, of B line. See, profile isn't everything to me, and something that I'm realizing. No, it's with not. Players, I'll, with players like Kieran Tierney, with players like Aaron Ramsdale, with players like um, Bakayo Saka, and Smith Rowe, it's. I used to think that it was seventy percent playing ability. Now I realise it's fifty percent character, fifty percent playing ability. Character. I'm the, one so I'm the one that helped to teach you that, because I keep <laughs> harping on about that because I don't know anything about. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd sell seventy million for Ramsdale. I'd sell that guy right away. Well, here's the problem. Million. Here's the problem with that. All I mean, think about the one. It, and and it hasn't been super exciting to watch, but like, think about what has changed the most in our club over the last eighteen months. Oh. How do you feel protecting a one nil lead in the 80th minute now compared to how you did a year or two ago? Um, how do you feel about Let, the likelihood of a bad before. penalty call going against us now? And it's because of that back five, which Tierney plays a part in which Ramsdale plays a part in is just a unit just like you know Seaman and 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 uh, Bold and and Dixon and Winterburn and um and Saul Campbell or, and and uh, before him fucking uh who am I forgetting God Tony damn. Adams Tony Mr. Adams. Arsenal. <laughs> just, just I knew there was somebody but just Tony Adams yeah yeah it's just Tony Adams so i mean to me the reason we've been so just shiftless the last five or six years, beyond all the logistical reasons, the reason that we just haven't looked like a cohesive team on the pitch and we've blown leads and we've lost games that we should have drawn and we've just looked completely diabolical at times is because we haven't had a unit back there. So I would be very hesitant. Now that we have a unit of five players under 25 years old, I want to make them the constant for the next five or six years. And I have to agree with Owen that if you had to, I would rather take some of this abundance of wide forwards that we have and move one on that you really would hate to lose but kind of need to to recycle and regenerate. Uh, if you have to sell a player, I'd rather do that. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Daddy, you, shouldn't have, you should have unmuted yourself. Because uh, that back five, I don't want to touch that back five because you throw in the wrong guy to that. Maybe that front four doesn't feel as confident in front of Sam Johnstone. Maybe somehow whoever's playing next to Tierney, uh, 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 that would be Gabriel, right? Not Ben White. Um, 
you know, just doesn't click with the next left back that we bring in. And that could set the team back a season or two. I mean, I mean, look, I'm not saying I want I want the whole team broken up right now because you know it looks like they're building something at the moment. And I like I like you know I'm I like where they're going with it, right? But what I'm trying to say is this is all hypotheticals at the end of the day because all these players right now at this moment in time they're staying here there's going to be all these rumors and that's because they're playing well they're doing, they're doing well and they they're doing some good stuff but the, the hypothetical part of would you sell is if faced with a situation like that we've missed out on big sales because we are willing to hold on to two we're willing to hold on to players for too long when that has always been the problem but that's the, always been the problem and that's what i'm trying to say and that's part of the things moving forward that we need to change at arsenal to get to the to the you know to get to the pinnacle where we all want to go to to get to the promised land well and here's and here's where we avoid doing that before we move on to the next topic um we avoid doing that by sticking to what we said we were going to do two years ago, which is not letting a player get into the final year of their contract and probably not get even into the final 18 months of their contract. So, look, if KT's contract, and I, I got to check when it is when it expires, it's probably two years from now. He signed uh, a four-year deal last year. If, if he doesn't extend, uh, oh, okay. So if he doesn't extend a year and a half from now, then you talk about selling him. If Martinelli doesn't extend his deal uh, when we get in you know, 18 months, if they don't want to commit themselves to the arsenal, then we have marketable players and we have to sell them so that they don't get to, you know, within six to 12 months. But we're going to build, we're, we're on our way to building a team that's back in Europe, hopefully starts to do well in Europe because we keep adding to it. And players aren't going to want to leave like they have in the past. So they're going to want to sign back on uh and 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 be marketable players and we're going to have a bunch of 25 to 27 year olds who if their agent is convincing them that they could play at madrid or psg or somewhere in germany or something like that and they don't want to resign to us then we'll take our you know two to three times profit on those players we'll take our eight times profit on martinelli that's mm. when you do it not now yeah so Ola, cool. please stop trying to break this team up just like you're about to break this panel up. Nah. Yeah, I got a deep still. Um, yeah, thank you very much for having me on, man. Um, hey, it's been a pre- it's been a pleasure uh, kicking it with you guys, and hopefully, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be on the show on another interlo. Uh, oh, very you'll very on, soon. You'll be on some of the behind the scenes con uh, content from the uh, from Mike and Jake's. <laughs> it's not the magical mystery tour this time. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> It's Mike and Jake's flying football circus. <laughs> so, uh, well, so yeah, we'll get you on as much as possible uh, because I want to spend as much time as possible with you. So, good yeah, to see man. you, my friend. No problem, man. Thank you for having me on, man. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, Owen. Thank you very much. Salute to everybody yes, in the chat and everybody watching on playback. Big up to you, Law, and thank you for the love and support. Thank you very much. I'm it's out. All right. See you later. All right, so we're talking about left backs. How about a certain ex-Arsenal left back, Nacho Monreal, piping up uh-huh. about Mesut Ozil. I was so happy to see that. I, I don't love 
basking in, in negativity about people, but Mesut Ozil I make an exception about because I backed that guy's ass when he when he uh, you know left the Germany squad and came back to Arsenal and Unai Emery was brand new and I said I'm I'm Team Mesut because you know I'm I, I'm not a fan of the type of shit that he that he went through with the German fans and the lack of support he got from his teams, but from that moment on. He's been nothing but a douchebag, and uh, and I love finally because you know people either don't say anything about him as far as teammates are concerned, or they say, "Oh, I enjoyed Mezid, I'm Team Mezid, whatever." But Nacho Monreal doesn't have an axe to grind. He's just a normal, good love. You know, if you ever saw the video of him and Santi when they were both in Spain, just hugging each other in the back, kissing each other and fondling each other in the, in the player's tunnel, that's the kind of guy Nacho is. So, you know, oh, and we got a pretty good read on Mesut Ozil from one of his teammates, didn't we? Yeah, and I haven't read the comments, but he's a prick. Um, <laughs> look, uh, see if I can get him up. Yeah, get them up. Um, look, I think that I think what's surprising and most disappointing is is that look we all know that football twitter is a vile place at times and people are unwilling to change their opinions and it's funny how some of the ozil fanboys can jump and attack natural monreal rather than listen to players i think there was another interview that surfaced from aaron ramsey saying paraphrasing obviously but that he was that he was asked who the teacher's pet in the changing room was and saying that he never left the manager's office he was always asking for something and he was getting more days off than anybody else so it just sort of shines through what type of character that Mesut Ozil was nobody's taken away from the fact that he was obviously and is a, a very technically gifted footballer um but in terms of character I think his team has a lot to play in that too as well if I'm if I'm being completely honest I think he leaves a lot of his um decisions down to down to his team and I think that sometimes they maybe don't have his reputation um at the forefront of his uh, of their um of their business it's just all about how to make as much money how to market him yeah um, his his team and 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 on when you when you talk about a footballer's team you normally think about the players around him that actually play football with him but in this case we're talking about his branding team his social media team his legal team his marketing team, his religious team, his religious his team, his, his charity team. Which now I'm the last Political person that's gonna, well. I'm the last person that's going to criticize people who do good things for charity. And Mezzadozo, in his name, and with his funds, has done good things for charities and supported causes. But like, oh, and you know this, uh, we know from first-hand experience, not first, okay, from second-hand information that uh, he's not the driving force behind these causes about the Uyghurs and about the, uh, you know, the, the, the things that he does are essentially brand moves thought of by his manager, Ergen Soka, Dr. Ergen Soka. And, um, you know, he has built a, a football support through his incredible skills displayed at, you know, Werder Bremen and uh, and at Real Madrid and and in the early years in Arsenal, to the point where he has people on his side no matter what he does, and that's where you stop becoming a team player and you start becoming an entity and a brand, and it is so destructive for everybody around him. So, the first part of Nacho's comments, Ozil's problem is that he had problems with everyone, 
It ended badly with Wenger. He didn't play the last few games with him. Then Emery tried to build him back and make him our leader. Uh, then the next one, uh, to begin with, we gave him a lot of confidence and Mezit played a lot, but the coach understood there were other teammates who were in better condition. Ozil was one of the best players in the team, one of the best paid, but they saw he wasn't at the level required. So I suppose we shouldn't listen to Nacho because some 14-year-old on Twitter is in love with him somehow and, and thinks that, 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 that say, we should have replaced the other 10 people, all of the coaches, the training staff, the owner, and the kit man. Yeah. First of all, it's I call this it's like the the Bono effect. Bono, the lead singer of U two, <clears throat> and it's the thing of when somebody surrounds themselves with uh, sort of generosity to charity and and they build their reputation on on that. It's almost as if they can't be held in the light of a cunt, uh, and that's what Bono is. He's an absolute cunt. And Mesut Ozil seems to be to be much the same now. But it's like when say, I raise money for charity, it's to hide the fact that I'm an absolute prick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, what I will say is that I, I think at Arsenal, we really missed the boat, especially at the, at that time um, with Alexis Sanchez and, and Mesut Ozil. If you look at if if the investment into defensive midfielders and and a decent decent backline at that time had it been there god knows how uh for arsenal could have went you look at that se- season that that leicester won the league you know we could have been looking there at a league title for arsenal if the investment had been right we were playing with a midfield pivot of of Cochrane and santi Crisola for god's sake you know that mm-hmm. and uh, as uh, as flawless and unbelievable as santi Crisola was that's just not as natural game to be that dogged defensive midfielder and Cochrane as well was a converted one at that. So I think that he was let down by the structural planning of Arsenal at that time. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, look, it's, it's in the wing. Whereas I'm pretty sure that there's eventually going to be a book released by Mesut Ozil. Surely if his marketing team are that fucking good, they're they're not going to miss that cash cow. Um, where all will be revealed, obviously, with with a massive bias stance. What did Fenerbahce think they were getting, Danny? Like, like, why did they think? Did they just think uh, that in Turkey would make him happy again and make him stop focusing? Because the comments from you know the, the 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 scuffle that he got, which was the first piece of news, the scuffle that he got in with his team last week, and and the benching that he got out of it was apparently him and another player, and. The, the the quote was, you know, Ozil needs to start focusing on his football and his team more and less on his commercial pursuits. I mean, that's the Ozil we all do. He is who we said he was. Yep, and he always will be, unless he's surrounded by um, world-class level stars that are, if, if it's down to him to perform, he's never going to do it on a regular basis. Um, in Turkey, you've got three big teams. You know, you, you've got the... the um, Galatasaray, who are having an absolute mare of a season. They're only one place, two places above relegation. And the other one, Besiktas, they're um, 34 points off the lead. And the other one is Fenerbahce, his team, who are currently 17 points behind mine and Kevin Gamble's team. Chubbs Onspor, who are 15 points clear at the top of the table, going to win their first title, official title, for a very long time. And so when they bought that, they could see that Galatasaray having a bad time when it got him and Besiktas weren't doing that much. And they thought, Here, here's our chance to bring in some real expensive, top quality players that um, that 
that are going to try and propel the, you know, like we did when we try and bought all the ex Chelsea players, they were doing a similar kind of thing with that. And they thought, yeah, we get a name here. Although he is German, he's, his family um, are, have got um, Turkish roots. We've seen that he, uh, um, Erdogan, the, the Turkish prime minister, I think was at his wedding or they were at a function together. I think Ozil, um, Ozil lives at the palace or, or, or I, I mean, wouldn't be surprised. Well, we saw pictures when, um, uh, Podolski was playing over there. He was playing for Galatasaray, and then a little while he went. Then he went to Japan, and then I think he went back over to to Turkey to play for a. I can't remember what other team he played for over there, but another one. Pictures, eh? I think it was Alana Spore. Some, some well, Spore. It was one of the spores, which I think is Turkish for sport club. Um, yeah, and you saw that the, the lifestyle that. Um, that Podolsky was having, he was sharing the pictures of his family by the pool and having a lovely time. And all Ozil does is completely is, is moan all the time and not turn up for away games. I've been regularly checking the on transfer market, having a look at Fenerbahce's games, and it started at the end of last season. He wasn't doing the away games. It do make every one every now and then. And if you look at the amount, well, number the ones of games, that are probably in Istanbul, because like eight of the twenty teams are in Istanbul, so he probably occasionally shows up for one of those. But yeah, any you know, that are outside the way out there, and he, there's no way he goes to those games. I'm just shocked that this is his behavior. I would have, ne I never saw this coming. <laughs> are you being ironic? There were moronic. I'm both. I'm being ironic. He's being moronic. And anyone who still thinks that he was the one that was wronged. In any way other than, yeah, maybe the Arsenal could have done a better job standing by him with his comments, even though they, we have good reason to believe they weren't really from his heart. Uh, they were just through his mouth and through his publications. But, um, you know, anyone who thinks from a footballing standpoint that he was done dirty, just get out of my life right now, motherfuckers. Well, he's their top goal scorer this season, but a lot of those have been penalty. And he's penalties and he's the captain if you look at his arsenal career his arsenal career was on its ass after his fourth season with us when he got 12 goals in all competitions next season five then six then one you could see it was happening happens with all the, the great players who come to our club when it become more about who he was and everything around him rather than just being a, a really skillful footballer when that started to happen it all fell apart but it just shows done it that it isn't all about um, about numbers and output. You look at how um, the Arsenal fan base have taken to Martin Odegaard. You, you know, uh, Martin Odegaard to me is everything that every Arsenal fan wanted Mesut Ozil to be. And it doesn't matter if you're playing beautiful passes. If you're not working, people don't give a shit about you. And the fact that a kid of, of uh, Odegaard's age is, is setting the standard of the work limit um, coming from a team like Real Madrid where people were worried about that, the physicality, the work rate from him. And where to push how he got a work permit. Days. How did he yeah. get a work speaking of work permits and stay? He fundraised on GoFundMe. You have to work in order to get a work permit. I, mean, I think it was the two thousand and fourteen FA Cup final where we beat Hull. Um I think we beat Hull three two. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it was one of those cup finals. I was watching it back and when we scored one of our goals, he didn't celebrate. Mm -hmm. And he thought then, hold on, this is a little bit weird. And there's another video with him. Because he used to play it, for Hall and he didn't want to be an asshole. Probably. Um, another video where they he scored or someone else scored. And then about three or four of them went over into the corner. And you could hear him saying to Sanchez, why isn't everyone, or, uh, or Giroud is one of the two. And he said to him, why aren't people celebrating with us? And they just walked off and said, I don't know. 
because there's only three or four of the team that celebrated with him. You think now we see why he's a cunt. knob. <laughs> yeah, he's a knob. Speaking of celebrating, uh, these are this is the Zapruder level video because I actually took a video of a of a streaming website because I was in the booth for this game, but. Uh, my son did the was at the double on Monday, on Thursday night last week. So we're gonna we're gonna quickly show brace these, a brace. These were not not the two most uh, stunning of goals, but it, but but the uh, the anticipation and the finish spot on. You recognize the voice? <laughs> no. Who was it? Was it Bruce Buffer? It was. It was, uh, it was Derek Ray, actually. Who? Who was the on? Fuck are those school. lanes on that pitch, man? That is fucking blasphemy. I can't. I can't stand it. I, I mean, just just know that while I, whilst I watch it, because it's my son, it bugs the hell out of me. I can't stand. And and worse than that is the fact that when there's a free kick, the the referees still pace off ten yards. And I'm like, this is the one instance in which you don't have to pace off 10 yards. There's literally a line, and then there's 10 more lines. And if they're not standing behind that, then they're breaking the rules. I don't understand why you have to pace that off. I mean, it always ends up being about equal. I'm like, if they're on the 27-yard line, then the, the, the wall has to be behind the 17. It's really not that complicated. Here's the other goal. Took advantage of a of a Mustafi like back pass and uh, and finish it off. We're gonna wait until Danny's done yawning. Okay, now here. Thank you. How professional! Now I was like frozen during that entire video. Was it playing normally for you guys? Yeah, yeah it was perfect. Yeah, God help that kid. He was ginger and he tried to pass it across his own back line. <laughs> Lovely yeah, bit of I mean, stealing the ball, though. Mm -hmm. You, you got to have a nose for goal. Sometimes you know if they're going to give it to you, you got to take it. So, uh, so yeah, would you have done if you got a hat trick? Would there have been a special announcement? Would you? Have I don't know. He he has forbidden me to like <laughs> treat him differently or use any kind of silly nickname. So wait, he wants you to take all other ten players back and tuck them into bed and give them supper. And <laughs> how did dinner go last night? Oh, it was. Uh, oh, it was. Uh, I was trying to think of what. Yeah, we. Um, so his uh, lady friend came over, and we had dinner. It was very nice. She's lovely. Um, this was the second time we'd met her, and uh, and they're just very awkward. They're very quiet around She's us. She's one of our lot, Owen. Oh, she is. Yes. Oh, is she Irish, is she? Her mm. uh, her father is Irish Catholic. His mo her mother is is uh, Italian and so Roman Catholic. That's very insane. very Catholic. Fair so. play to him. He must have money. <laughs> no, the, oh. the the Irish father, if he's pulled an Italian woman. 
they do live in a in a very nice neighborhood on a golf course. So uh, I I I I'm not sure, but uh, so who's 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 um shooting up shooting up reaching up grabbing up what's the word pun- something else. punching. That's it. Who's punching up or shooting up? I don't know how the dinner went. <laughs> They're both punching. <laughs> They're both punching. You can't both punch. Only one can punch up. Who is it? Who's who's the lucky one? Uh, she is. Oh, look at me, you fucking bullshit. She's lovely. She's 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 a very cute girl, but uh but but my son is How long was know. it before you mentioned you do a podcast? <laughs> she actually she actually came in the house whilst while we were doing the podcast. Right. Would you so like to I come to, on and talk about Austin? Um, I had to, so I had to explain when why they, the, why when the, they the, go, the land go, cable was going up the stairs when she was <laughs> When they get married, is it going to be a, a Jewish wedding or a, a Catholic I wedding? I would rather not think about that at this moment. They've only been they've been dating two weeks, so let's uh, let's not rush things a little bit. Charm has seen a bloke for a year and a half, and I refuse to meet him still. And that's what she dumped him. Oh, it's all over now. Two, two you, were you worried that she's like looking for a guy that reminds her of his father, of her father? No, probably didn't like football. Absolute <laughs> shite hawk. And the next one, don't want to know that they, one. Either. They were exactly alike, except he didn't like football. I didn't want to meet the first 26. I don't want to meet the next 26. <laughs> you can make a deck of cards with the pictures of them, though. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and his game tonight. This is the first. This is the first for this. It is almost April, and the wind chill right now is negative seven. So the weather. We're on to the weather. Yeah, the so, they, the UK, oh, so they canceled. They canceled this game tonight. I told you I had a hard stop at uh, at eleven fifteen UK time, and and that is no longer the case because they canceled this game. All week here, it's been about 18, 19, 20 degrees. For the next week, minus four. I know. Don't I'm, get that in Florida, will we, Mike? We won't have those problems when we're there. We will not. And I would have, I, you know, I I actually don't mind because the Airbnbs don't have air conditioning, so I don't want it to be in the in the mid to upper twenties while I'm over. Um, but it's going to be pretty damn cold, and like virtually every night, I think there's one game that's a date that's a during the day that I'm going to, and it's on. It's the the Brighton game. Other than that, all the other eight games are going to be in the dark, in the in in the cold of of basically somewhere between negative five and and three Celsius, and um. It's gonna be, we're gonna be freezing our asses off. So, but yeah. dude, I leave in three days. I cannot wait, dude. Dude, <laughs> it's gonna be so awesome talking <laughs> like this over in Europe. It's gonna be amazing. When are you gonna come to Ireland? Actually, it will be this year because I got two more trips to to, to London this year. One to visit Allie, and one uh, when she's there over the summer, and the other for the for the big wedding. And yeah. Um, you're going gonna, to, you can come stay here. I'll take you on a tour. We're going to attach. We're going to attach Ireland to one of those trips because because Steph will be with me for both, and I want to. We we both really want to go. So, yeah. Wait till she finds out that we're just <laughs> going to play. We're, that we would have played pool at your house if you hadn't sold the pool table. Yeah, no, you're going to have a newborn though at that point. Nah, nah. No, sure. My my missus is is like nah. Just, like I, you're cha- you're you're not. I'm telling her. It? I'm telling the missus to hold it in because Jared's coming coming on coming on the 9th of May, and she's due around the like 25th. She's what? So she's due on the 25th of May. So what is she now? He thinks right. you said she's a Jew. 
Oh no, she's not Jew. Oh. No, oh, okay. no, I wouldn't be with her if she was a Jew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, damn right. Her, her due date is on the twenty fifth of May, and Jared's coming. <laughs> I just can't. I can't hear her that. Due date. <laughs> her due date. Do you said due date? Yeah. See, uh, do think about like stupid. Think about like. Well, I don't know. I Neither of we... you speak the Queen's English. You can both shut the fuck up. No, we don't. That's it. Period. Anyway, I have to go down, have to go down and get pissed off with Jared and his missus while she is on the verge of, of giving birth. So it's going to be an interesting weekend. There's only Why one is Jared coming oh, to the UK. He's to coming to Ireland. Just to see you. Oh, on his honeymoon, yeah. right? Yeah. On his honeymoon, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I bet his wife's delighted. <laughs> I don't think he's told her about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's coming, so I'm gonna go meet him and, and get pissed up and it'll be fun. Speaking of speaking proper English. <laughs> Play that again. Look at them look at the how excited the dude is behind him and look at how unexcited his missus is. And how unexcited you are during this. You look like someone was paying you not to look at me. <laughs> I was trying to make it out I'm not with you, man. You know, I've got a reputation to uphold. And I ruined that when I just put my arms around the two of you. <laughs> put Who was my that left next arm to you? What? Who, who was that next to you? Uh, my friend Tom Rosenhammer. Mother trucking Rosenhammer. Known as uh, Tom Sevens as on Twitter. And and do you know the background behind why he's Tom Sevens? Yes, I do. He's got seven <laughs> fingers. No, because he always tells me he always tells me about these women that he that he's attracted to. And I look at them, I'm like, she's attractive, but she's not like she's not like, a, <laughs> not like a ten. She's like you you are attracted <laughs> to sevens. And he's like, My God, you're right. <laughs> and so now he's Tom Sevens. <laughs> I think most people that, that interact with him on Twitter have no idea that that's why he's called that. But, uh, but yeah. So uh, any other Arsenal-related things that we want to talk about? Um, you had a, a little bit of a, a gender, didn't you, Owen? I did, yeah. But I've got a hard stop in about a minute. So we'll rattle through it very, very quickly. Danny. Or just don't, let, don't let Mike answer it. It would be fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll sit yeah. this one out. No, it's not good. No, I was just going to go over quickly the um, William Saliba situation. He made some comments during the week um, when interviewed. Obviously, he's over at Marseille on loan at the minute. And when asked about his future, he says, basically, I don't know. I don't know. I'm happy here. I'm happy with where I am. I'm happy at Marseille. Um, and we'll sort of figure out what's going to happen at the end of the season. Do you think that that is the sign of a player who is trying to keep his loan club happy? Do you think that that's the sign of a player who potentially wants that move made permanent? Um, do you see any way back into the fold for, for William Saliba? Oh, of course, yeah. Everything's planned. Yeah, Arteta spoke to him, got him in, gone, you're going to go out on loan, and then you're going out on loan again, and then again, and then you're going to come back, and you're going to come back a man. And he is coming back a man. He has had three brilliant loans, first back to his old club, then he went to the, um, the, the the second French club, which I can't remember what it was. And now he's at Marseille. He's got nice. Marseille doing... Huh? Nice. 
OG Nice, that's it. And and there is is and he's doing wonders at Marseille. They got some they got a really decent team. They got Paye in there and they got Gwenduzi and they've got um Adrias Milik, who I always look at go AD Milk. And that they're doing really well in Europe. They're into the quarterfinals, I think, of the uh either the Europa League or the Europa Conference League. They're they're gonna get really close to winning that. And so he's just probably keeping everyone sweet there. Well, he knows he's coming back to Arsenal in the summer, Champions League football, and we're gonna have to rotate all four of them, because we're going to have best part of 60 games next season to play. And you can't do that with Big Bob and Gabriel. You're going to need, I mean, um, with um, Benny Blanco and Gabriel, you can need Big Bob and you're going to need um, Saliba there as well. You're going to need four top quality centre-backs. He'll be number three in that, that picking order. Two of his last three loan spells, he has not filmed the guy masturbating next to him on the couch. Which onwards is, and upwards. Which is a massive improvement. Uh, Owen, it's time, right? Yeah, you yeah, go. definitely. Are you having a baby? No, I have to get up and go to the gym at six in the morning. So I'm trying to. Oh, so that's so it's not a hard stop. It's just that I really want to be done by this point. No, it's a hard stop. I need sleep. Why the fuck are you doing that? You've you've got a lovely looking missus, two kids. Your life is over. Get fat. Yeah, but I need to see them. That's the thing. You know, Mike has inspired me. I'm. When I say inspired me, it means when I, when I met Mike, when I was in London, I was like, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> go, go, go to the I gym, don't want to be bro. dead by 55. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike's, got, Mike's got that Jew money. He can afford to have colonoscopy. No, that's not the right word, is it? What's it when they squirt shit up your bum and clear you out? Anima. Not colonoscopy. Oh, no, that's a colon. Anima. Yeah, a, a colonic. He can have one of those three or four times a day to swoosh out all that shit he keeps eating, all those uh, those squid eyes and uh, egg whites. <laughs> yeah, it, do, it does it himself. <laughs> There's another laptop fucked. Have you no, stopped smoking yet, you dirty, the dirty tramp? Have you stopped smoking sure. yet? No, no, just this thing. Right now. I saw pictures of you two at the football. I You're only smoke dirty when I'm drinking. I only kill people when I'm drunk. I'm not a murderer. <laughs> You either do or you don't. Doesn't count when you're on holidays. Of course, not. Vacation, well, vacation. Sorry, mate. Well, this has been another fantastic episode of the Gooners podcast. <laughs> we appreciate both of you that were here. Actually, I do. I do want to mention one quick thing before we go, and that is uh, uh, Ryan uh, Fletcher's uh, Mr. Arsenal podcast has been in the in the pod, and he was. I meant to mention this when Ola was here. He was. Uh, we were working on a another pod, a special podcast to help push him over the line and then next thing i know it was done uh so they raised uh, about a grand in the last day last two days didn't they yeah Some well, fucking gangster there's <laughs> one person there's one person that donated over 600 pounds i believe that was a, a cumulatively raised uh uh thing that was donated all at once but how whatever it was um uh, and whoever it was um uh, it's a great thing because it allowed ola to stay here so uh, but I just want to give a shout out to Ryan because Ryan was doing everything he could to to help us put a show together to help out. It just didn't come together in time. Daniel Shaw, good to see you. Uh, Peter Renner, Bob Chakrabadi, Peeny Ween making his way from the Discord, the TGT Discord in here on a uh, on a on a Monday evening. Uh, what else? We got Loki. We got Cy Anvesh. We got. Peter Renner, I think I mentioned. Jared was in here. Andy was in here causing problems before. Uh, Rye Dog, thank you for joining us. The next time you'll see me, I will be uh, overseas. I'll be recording some. And drunk. 
<laughs> I don't know, man. It's not going to be that kind of trip. I'm with my boy, and he uh, he's a cranberry yeah. juice alcoholic. You've got someone to make sure you get home now. Get drunk as you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be coming on the air at, at, at strange times doing strange things with strange people. But in any case, have fun. Be safe. Love each other. Pay it forward. And come on, you gooners. Thank <laughs> you.